Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast, the Riverside Roundup. But uh, who's that? Who's that coming over the hill? Is that a special guest? Hmm, interesting. I wonder if anything's happened in the last week that would mean we would have a special guest. I'll leave you to find out for yourself. If you're checking us out on YouTube, then you can see our beautiful faces. But you can also click that subscribe button and uh, let us know how much you love the podcast. If you're just uh, uh, like listening along, perfectly fine. No complaints here. But uh, if you could subscribe on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, it would be amazing. So here we go. This is CookieCast, the Riverside Roundup. Okay, well, we're uh, we're here again, back again. Uh, it's uh, it's my job to tell Paul to tell the lovely people who are listening or maybe even watching this right now what we're all about, what we're here for. What is this? Go on, Paul, do it. Well, ladies and gents, I'll raise my phone to give you a little hint again. It's what I always like to do. But yes, welcome along, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We're here for another instalment of football-based chatter, nonsense, pissing about, I suppose would be the easiest way to put it. But yeah, uh, we're, we're here for another edition of the Riverside Roundup with a little additional seasoning shall we say from a from another club's perspective Chip which spice. we will come on to later on in the podcast um for the people watching at home uh, you'll you'll see we've got a uh, we've got somebody riding shotgun on this bad boy for the audio uh, audio peeps for the audio listeners uh, we've got uh, Stuart Woodmancy here of uh, getting over Pursuit of happiness, fame, all of which you'll be able to see in the next week to uh, to couple of weeks. Uh, but uh, but he's decided to join us today with uh, with football news, I believe. And the only way we get football news is by going into our first segment. And uh, that segment for almost purely for Mister Woodmancy is uh, this week in football, where we discuss football news. From all around the, the leagues, country, countries, the world of football, some might say. So, what's happened this week in football? Well, as they always say, we'll, we'll leave the best till last. So I'm up first, right? So we'll, we'll come on to Stu's news. <laughs> uh, so there's been a couple of things that I... Uh, I think are probably worth talking about. Obviously, the main the main point that came out in last week's podcast was obviously the uh, the furore around the um, the forming of the European Super League. Um, I'm trying to think if in 
last week's podcast we'd covered the fact that it was basically announced, hated, discussed, and then shot down within the space of about two days. I'm I'm pretty sure that last week's podcast was longer than the actual formation and therefore it dissolving was. of the uh, <laughs> of the it Super was. League. For for those who for those who have Twitter, that you may have noticed that there is actually a Twitter account that has been designated to things that lasted longer than the European Super League. <laughs> <laughs> last week's uh, last week's Riverside Roundup podcast is on the list. Yeah, one of one of the best ones that I saw was that there was a, uh, uh, I think it was like a fourth wicket partnership by two Indian batsmen that lasted three days. That officially was la- officially lasted longer than the European Super League, yeah. which I thought was quite funny. Um, yeah, so it seems like it, it's obviously still there's still flickering, um, lingering elements of it going around. Obviously, the chairman of uh, Real Madrid, Florentino Perez, is still saying that the teams that signed up to it signed a binding contract and they can't just get out of it like that. There'll be sanctions and stuff like that. Um, I would imagine that the FA is probably not done with the clubs in, in question. You would you would like to hope that there'll be some sort of sanction brought against them because they're in direct... Um, Breach, I suppose, is the best way to to to, to term it of the um, of the Premier League rules. Maybe not the FA, but the Premier League rule book clearly states that during the t- during the terms of uh, or, or the, the term of the Premier League campaign, it actually lists the competitions that clubs can enter, and I think it was limited to the Champions League, the Europa League, the FA Cup, the League Cup, the Charity Shield, and any other local domestic cup competitions. So, for example, Middlesbrough can enter the North Riding Senior Cup or whatever it's called that's that's based around North Yorkshire. Hartlepool United can go in for the Durham Challenge Cup, things like that. So anything that, that would fall into your particular region's um, local cup competition, you're, you're eligible to enter, and that's it. So obviously these six teams that have that have just gone and entered straight into these uh, this European Super League are obviously in breach of that contract. So you would imagine they'll have some sort of sanctions brought against them. But as yet, nothing's come out with it. But it might you'd imagine that at this particular point they'll just get through the rest of the season, and then at the end of the season something will come out, and then they'll either have to pay a fine or they'll get a points deduction to start next season or whatever. But um, but we'll see. So that does seem to have does seem to have died down a little because of there was. All the sort of I, I, I'm, I've des- desperately been uh, scrambling to try and find the article, but I'm sure that at some point today I'd seen that the the Italian league were seemingly taking it almost somewhat a lot more seriously in the fact that with regards to the English teams that have said that's it, we're done, we're definitely out. But there's there's a couple of the Italian teams that were were involved, and I think it was AC Milan and possibly Juve with the other teams who have basically apologised to the fans for their involvement, but not formally then withdrawn. Um, And uh, Syria had said, "That's fine, but if you're still in, we're going to kick you out of Syria." Oh, nice, good. That's that's essentially the severity of it. And if they did that over here. 
I mean, thankfully all the teams have, have, have officially withdrawn, but if, if there was ever the threat of a team being kicked out of the Premier League, it's very much a case of you need to know where your bread's buttered kind of a deal to me. So, well, They covered it on the, on a couple of different things that I was listening to the other week. And obviously, of the six that said that they wanted to join it, obviously only Man City um, are a team that's never been ever present in the, in the Premier League since it was formed in '92. So obviously they're the only team that know the uh, the uh, ignominy of not being in the Premier League, I suppose, from that perspective. So we'll see. I, I I don't think it's the end of it from an English perspective at all, because I think people will allow it to just get swept under the carpet if that's the sort of thing. Like I think people will want to see some sort of sanctions brought against them because. They obviously thought they were big enough to just gallivant off and do whatever they wanted. They obviously thought that the Premier League probably won't kick them out because they bring too much money to it or something like that. So we'll see. Watch this space. I don't know if um, if people saw, but um, I'd like to reiterate the statement that was released by Cookie Cast earlier uh, in the week that we have officially pulled out of the. Uh, European Super League. So uh, anybody that didn't see the statement, you can go back on the uh, on the social uh, feeds, catch up with what's going on there. But uh, just to reiterate, Kukiast has officially pulled out of the uh, the European Super League. The European Super League podcast division. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can look at it that way. It's you know, we 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 condense it down to just the uh, to. Yeah. Um, another thing I saw this week was that there was an announcement that um, they're going to increase the squad numbers for all teams or nations that are entering Europe, uh, Euro 2020 or the delayed Euro 2020. Um, so usually you'd pick a squad of 23 players, three of which have to be goalkeepers. Uh, that's now being increased to 26. So um, obviously it's Great news for some of the players that were probably going to be on the fringe of, of being in the squad or not. So um, maybe for a player who's just coming back from injury where he, he maybe wouldn't have had the chance to go, there's probably more chance of him getting called up to a squad now. Um, obviously, it won't affect most of the squads too much because you'd, ima- you'd imagine that at this particular point of the season, the, uh, the national managers will have... Or the international managers, sorry, will have an idea in mind of who they would be picking as their squad. Um, it just gives a little bit more flexibility to them to pick extra players. It'll be interesting to see whether they go with the three subs rule that is standard at the moment in the Premier League, or if they'll adopt the five sub rule that appears to be across many of the cup competitions personally I think I think it's uh, it's something that should be looked at really I, I, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't adopt five subs as a as a as a standard really it's it, it's it's not as if you're making it it's not as if you're giving any other team like more of an of, a, of an advantage by giving them five substitutions each team can make five. They don't have to make five, so it's up to the manager to decide if they do want to do it. Obviously, at the moment, it's it's limited to 
you can make five substitutions, but you can only do it in a maximum three time periods. So you can't make two, or you, know, you can't make a substitution, then ten minutes later make another substitution, and then ten minutes later make another substitution, then do it again. You'd have to do it in three. So you have to do it in, you have to do two, two and then one, or two, one and two. You have to do them within three designated time slots. But I think people would be happy to see that rule change come in and five substitutes to be standard across the board. It's, it's going to mean less players get in for one of the better phrase, shagged out by having to play a full 90 minutes all the time and stuff like that. And it's just, if anything, it's you're probably going to see less injuries because players aren't going to carry on when, when they might have like a little sort of tweak in their calf or something like that. And they may feel like they have to sort of get through to the end of the game. So I think it would be beneficial to both players and squads and just the game as a whole. But we'll see. We'll see. Interesting. Anything else news-wise? Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's newsworthy as such, but there was quite an interesting thing that happened in the... Leicester Crystal Palace game on Monday. Um, I, I don't want to get. I don't want to get this wrong because I don't want to come across as a huge racist. Um, Racism and football. Is it? Oh, it's Muslim, Muslim. So it's Muslim players. So um, do 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 do. Uh, Wesley Fofana, who plays for Leicester, and Cheku Kuyate, who plays for Crystal Palace, are both Muslim. Um, and it is currently the festival of Ramadan, mm. I believe. Um, and I believe the main the main point of that is that you fast during daylight hours. Yeah. So right. only when the sun goes. I think you can still drink water, mm. but you just can't eat anything. So during daylight hours, you don't eat. And then obviously the game kicked off at eight pm. I want to say, and then. Roughly, I think it says, yeah, it says here, according to Sky Sports, about half an hour into the game, so around 8.30pm, obviously, the sun had set, so they're at the point where they'd be able to break their fast. They actually had a pause in the game where Fafara and Kiate could go off to the side and get either like a protein bar or it something said, to eat. The thing I'd seen said that they were taking on the gels. Oh, the sort of the... the um, like five hour yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, if we were, if we were watching the league, they'd, uh, they'd just taken down a couple of uh, tubes of spunk, wouldn't they, Andy? So they would have done. Uh, they, I believe, uh, people prefer the uh, the black one. The black spunk. Yeah. 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 If, if we can find the league for you, Stu, you'll have to watch it because it is superb. I I have gone to buy it on more than one occasion, but it's just like it's like, you know, thirteen, fourteen quid per series um, digitally um, but then with seven series it starts sort of racking up uh. so yeah I, I just I thought that was that was quite yeah nice it was just like a very sort of progressive stance really obviously mm. they the players didn't have to do that but obviously they, they feel like they're part of a family so they'd want they'd want to do that for their sort of their brethren if you will Absolutely. and make sure that they were covered this this might be coming from a, a, a slight 
sort of place of ignorance and, and lack of my experience of it, but as well, if them lads had to go half an hour into a football game without having eaten all day, like credit to them as well, because yeah. like there was a player, there was a player who used to play for Middlesbrough called Merwin Zamama, and when he used to play for Borough, um, uh, the manager at the time, uh, Tony Mowbray, used to say. Um, he'll start the season quite slow. He'll, he'll always be quite sluggish in the start of the season, um, and then he'll and then he'll come into his own later on because during the early part of the season he's fasting during daylight hours, so he won't he won't have as much energy in the early games because it's played right in the middle of the day where he's not eating anything, and he'll be absolutely he'll be so low on energy that we have to sort of manage him a bit better. And um, yeah, it was, it was always that was always a sort of a, 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 a sort of slightly strange one for me to understand. But yeah, it's uh, I just I just thought it was quite. Nice. There was something similar, not well, not similar, but I did see once there was um, uh, a, a game. I, th- I think it might have been played in London for female. It was like women's football, and there was a couple of women that were playing in hijabs, like the headdress thing. Um, and one of the girls got fouled by another girl, and as she was falling to the ground, the hijab fell off. I saw off. that. Yep. And they all they all crowded all, round. All her. the girls, they all all the other girls like, <clears> on <throat> both sides crowded yeah. round her so that she was covered, so that she was able to get it back on. I thought that was a lovely touch because yeah. obviously they weren't all from the same team. They all just got the anyone that was close to her immediately went in and then sort of. Gave her that, gave her that sort of support that she needed to get herself sorted, and then play on with the game. And it was just, just little bits like that that just make you sort of like quite happy that you know football's inclusive as it is. Um, the the one the one other thing that I saw was, um, it's about the European Championships from a um, crowd perspective. Um, so this is from Sky Sports directly. FA remains hopeful Wembley can be at half capacity, 45,000 fans for the semi-finals and the final of Euro 2020. Uh, the ultimate decision will fall to the government. Easing of lockdown measures set to be revised again ahead of May 17th. Uh, the Football Association of British fans must wait until June to find out whether an increased 45,000 uh, fans capacity can attend the European Championship semi-final and final at Wembley. Um, See, so yeah, obviously there were 8,000 fans at the Carabao Cup final between Man City and Spurs on Sunday 2,000 each from Man City and Spurs and the other 4,000 were made up of NHS staff and local residents from Brent um, and that seemed to go off without too many problems um, I don't think there's been any positive tests that have returned or very few that have been returned from the people that went to the FA, uh, the Carabao Cup final so happy days hopefully it's a step in the right direction let's put it that way indeed anything else news wise from the last week <clears throat> well this is where we'll defer to the guest on the podcast for this week and uh, let him explain obviously his uh Involvement in the podcast, so probably on a, probably on a more permanent basis, I'd imagine. 
I mean, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. It may be semi-permanent, by the way, that the, the next season pans out. However, um, regular listeners to the podcast will be fully aware by now that this is the Riverside Roundup, as in championship-based football banter and nonsense, as Paul will say. And uh, it was f- it was formally confirmed this past weekend that uh, my team, the mighty mighty Tigers are returning to the Championship after the one season in League One. Uh, they were playing Lincoln, again, a team not necessarily terrible in the league this season. Difficult task. City went, well, Hull City went 1-0 up. Um, the, the, the two gentlemen accompanying me on the, the podcast today can bear witness to the fact that I swore a lot when the equalising goal went in. Um, and then was mightily surprised when we scored the winner. So uh, I, I just... don't, I don't know where I was because I didn't hear any swearing. So I was either in the toilet or you getting some form of sustenance. You're in the toilet. I, I'm, it, it, well, it was definitely one or the other because you know food situation for Paul is is a big deal. But um, the my, my favourite part about it was the fact that. You know, in in all the years that uh, I was a season ticket holder and and different promotions that I've seen them through, um, they've always stumbled, like really stumbled over the line. And I know that's like a thing that like a supporter of a particular club might say because it's all you know, it's always worst case scenario and all the rest of it. When you've been in a situation where you've needed a point to get promoted, and you've had to sit through a nil nil draw with Swindon previously. Winning winning two one was was quite quite a, a miraculous feat to be honest. But aside from the fact that they've done it at the first time of asking without dragging this out until the very final minute of the final game of the season, possibly my favourite part um, was the fact that the, that their social media team have really upped their game. <laughs> now. We mentioned earlier on the podcast about all this absolute nonsense that's gone on with the Super League. Um, but the, the tweet from from the Hull City media team after the final whistle on Saturday, uh, and I quote, Hull City can confirm that it has formally be- begun the procedures to withdraw from the Skybet League One and join 23 clubs in a new competition, the Skybet Championship. Thank you very much. That was... That was, that was Perfect. Well played. Well played. Whoever's done that, because uh, that that not only got a laugh from me, but seemingly has got some attention as well. I've seen that doing the rounds on uh, various media outlets since the weekend. So, well done to the guys on the pitch, and uh, and and well done to the guys off the pitch who were looking after the, the the social media interest. That was very well played. So there we go. A potential. Uh... A potential permanent fixture in the uh, in the Riverside Roundup, which uh, I believe there's been a suggestion of a uh, of a, of, a, of another rebranding. <laughs> if if that uh, if that uh, new co-host can be wrangled and uh, tied down, like they say, we'll we'll get the uh, we'll get the creative team on to um you know a, a name a new name change for a new season that, that might be what we have to do 
We'll just we'll just have to sort of change the podcast name every season. It's a bit like the home kit situation, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully the upshot of that is that fingers crossed if we're allowed back in the stadiums in some capacity, we'll hopefully have six games to go to next season. So fingers crossed. Nice. Speaking of games, uh, last week there was even more of us here. Last week there was uh, there was only two games to predict, but uh, four people predicting, and it's one of those. Um, Matt was uh, was unable to attend this evening to find out whether he's managed to take all the points um, or. Uh, or not. Let's find out. So, just the two games to predict, and those games were looking a little bit like this. Middlesbrough took on Sheffield Wednesday to start our ball rolling. Paul, as these is as these is your team, why don't you let us know? How did the Borough Boys do at the weekend? Well, they they, they won. They did. Which is a bit of a bit of a strange one in the, uh, in, the in the current climate for Middlesbrough. So that's a, for those for those keeping score at home. That's two wins on the spin. Back to back wins. Interesting. Uh, not only back-to-back wins, it was back-to-back wins against South Yorkshire Dross Houses, which was nice. Now, Middlesbrough did win, and I don't want to be that guy that's like, and of, of all four predictions, only one man managed to take points from the fact that Middlesbrough won. I wonder who that could possibly I, be. I wonder as well, Stuart, I do wonder. <laughs> Um, but it doesn't stop there because how much was they win by? Well, there were four goals in the game, Andrew. There were. Now, obviously, that can only mean that Middlesbrough won either three-one or four-nil, as any other permutation would not would not result in a Middlesbrough win. Well, or maybe they battered them two-two. I'd like to hear the uh, the the result where that ends up with a middle of win, Stuart. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid. I remember playing football where it was just like there was only two of us, so we had to just do basically sort of one on one with an area being the goal. Uh, and jumpers for goal. My mate, my mate scored first, and then I equalised, and he was like, "Oh, it's one one to me." I was like, "What do you mean?" So. Well, I scored first, so it's so it's one all. But because I scored first, I've got the advantage. I was like, "That's definitely not how that works, Chief." <laughs> is, is this that time that you played football with the Chuckle Brothers when it was one one? <laughs> all right, Pete Barry. <sighs> yeah, I think he's a, they're Rotherham fans, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, no. oh say so, one of them is. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yes, so the three Middlesbrough goals were scored by Yannick Balassi, Duncan Watmore, and there was a debut goal for one Joshua Coburn. Ask me. How are you spelling that for? There we go. <laughs> It's the uh, it's the running joke of the of the podcast slash afternoon spelt at uh, Springwell Leeds. Um, but yes, Josh Coburn, the uh, the young lad that's been getting a lot of press for his exploits in the under eighteens and the uh, under twenty threes. This season was given a chance by my old Colin to uh, stake a claim for next season potentially, and he uh, took it with both hands and he uh, he bagged a goal on his debut. Who scored the Sheffield Wednesday goal? If, as if we did. I believe know. it was a very, very dubious penalty for uh, uh, Joshua Windus. Mm. So here's how here's how it shapes up for for scores now. Uh, because there are four predictions, you're going to need your abacus for this one. So um, Paul and Stu both had a drawdown, so no points. Matthew had uh, Sheffield Wednesday to win. No points. Obviously, that just leaves myself, who uh, through the through the run of this season has always had Middlesbrough's back. Just like um, I've always had Middlesbrough's back. Now I did only go a one 0 but that's points in the bank, there, boys. Points in the bank. Obviously, when you then add to it that I did pick one of the goal scorers as well two points two points I mean other people got goal scorers as well Paul you went for Coburn uh, Stu you did pick Windass and Matt also picked Windass so Points in and around, uh, the way that that shapes up, because we've only got two games, I'm going to do it game by game. The way that shapes up, and it sounds better this way, uh, Paul, one point. Stu, one point. Matt, one point. Uh, myself, two points. But can he... Can he clinch another victory? Let's find out by looking at Luton Town versus my old stomping ground, Bristol City. Um, if you know, you know. Now then, goals. There's goals and there's a lot of them. Uh, Paul, do us the honours. Tell us how this one went. This was a... Sounded like a, a, a hell of a game if, uh, for the neutral, so to speak. But uh, Bristol City were 2 0 up. They lost 3 2. Oh, I mean, that's got to be one of those, hasn't it? It's got to be the worst kind of defeat to be 2 0 up. I don't know. I'd, I'd much rather be 2 0 up and lose 3 2 than, say, get beat 8 0. I, I disagree. Absolutely disagree. 8-0 is better team versus terrible team. By by 3-0, you know that you've like severely yeah, passed down. Like, to be 2-0 yes. up, you think you've probably got a win. Going home with yeah, the dub. Yeah, that's true, that is true. 
I'll give um, you that. I'll give you that. So, can you tell me five goal scorers? I can. So the Bristol City goals were scored by Naki Wells and Adam Nagy. Very confusing. Luton goals were scored by James Collins. Uh, Elijah Adebayo and Harry Cornick so the way this one shapes up um, nobody got any 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 bang on the money points here uh, Paul Luton to win so there's a point there in it for you this guy yeah, gotta back, gotta back the Bristol boys, haven't you? Gotta back the Bristol boys. So no points. Stu had Luton to win, and Matt had Luton to win. So a row of points apart from my good self. Um, Paul, you had Collins. Matt had Collins. Uh, I had Wells, and that is it. Stu's looking at me like, uh, like, like I've done him out of points. No, I, I, I seem to remember the Adebayo name, but um, maybe, maybe that was in a dream. It was all a dream. So, uh, Paul, two points. Myself, just one point. Uh, Stu, one point. Uh, Matt took a couple of points. So, so if you if you're following along, if you if you you've clicked all your beads across, uh, the way that that finishes up for the week, Paul is correct. Three points. Uh, I also got three points. Matt also got three points. Stu, Stu, bringing up the rear with two. It's unfortunate uh, because you know that that's a that's a draw for the week. Um, but hey, at least your team got promoted. Hey, Stu. Yeah, I'll take that. And what that means is that you get to play the game known as "Can my team win this game?" Uh, what we've got here is three games now to predict because we've added in Hull City into the shenanigans. And uh, the way we do our system is that we like to look forward in time to what uh, Middlesbrough might face further down the road and predict that team's current game. Now, obviously, if, uh, if Stu does in fact become a permanent fixture, then we will also do the same for Hull City. We haven't done that this week because some of us didn't have the forethought to do it <laughs> and I've only just realized now <laughs> so let's let's ignore that fact and move on quickly what I've got here is Luton Town versus Middlesbrough um, as is the way I like to write down a score which will definitely not happen and a, and a, and a scorer who probably doesn't even play for that team anymore then I get corrected by Paul and then we move on. So, 
As it's Paul's team to predict, Stu, what do you reckon is going to happen in the Luton Town Middlesbrough game? Okay, so to, uh, to to throw it back to podcast days of yonder, I've given him a goal because he's in the he's, he's in the virtual room. He's in a room, but I'm uh, I'm picking Luton to win two one. I am I am fully aware that that is a kick square in the nuts, so I I, I will apologise now, Paul. Um, but I'm going to go for for Luton. I'm going to go for Adebayo and Luala. And for the on this occasion, not so mighty Borough, uh, I'm going to go for Housen because he's he's got to score one before the end of the season, surely. You'd hope. Um, well, I absolutely do. <laughs> I've got more faith in the Borough, as we know. If you go back, it's always going to be the way. Uh, until they start letting me down like a particular team uh, of your. Um, I've won 1 0. Uh, Balassi to score said goal. Paul. So. For those with long memories, um, people out there will remember that this was this was Jonathan Woodgate's first game in charge of Middlesbrough at the start of last season, um, and it went a bit goal crazy. It was it was a hell of a game to watch, and it finished Luton Town three, Middlesbrough three. Repeat performance. I'll have a little bit of that action, please. Three, three. <laughs> I was convinced you were going to say nil, nil. Then <laughs> that would have been the simple option to have picked. But no, <laughs> um, I listened. I listened to a, a, a Borough podcast during the week where someone came out with a, a similar theory to this. They were like, "It's the end of the season. They got nothing to play for. Might as well blood a few of the youth, uh, a few of the youths, and uh, you know that that might sort of." free the game up to be a bit more open, so you might see a bit more goal mouth action uh, and I agree wholeheartedly with that, so yeah, I've, I've gone for a, a repeat 3-3 scoreline Goal scorers Goal Luton first uh, Collins 2 uh, and I'll just double check his name, but I think it's Pelly Ruddock, but it might be he might be down as Mpanzu. Yeah, Mpanzu. Okay, I've got you locked in there. Jump into our next game. We've got Wickham one. No, no. Oh my word! Yes, I don't even know what's happened there. Just, just leave it. We'll be fine if if you don't get any points for that. We'll be fine. Well, I'll play the we'll play the the role that we played with Andy the other week. If either Akpom or Emnez or Viduka or Hasselbank score, unfortunately, somebody's found a DeLorean and gone back in. <laughs> by the manager of Burton Albion for some reason. <laughs> um, I will go for Balassi 
Another goal for Corburn. And stick me down for a name that I don't think I've said before on the podcast. Hackney. Okay. Now we'll move on. I'm all all over the shop this evening. Uh, Wickham Wanderers versus AFC Bournemouth. Um, I've gone in on this one already. Stu, thoughts? I am going to firmly sit on the fence and go for a 1-1 draw. Um, For Wickham, Mm. I've got Ikpiazu, if that's how you pronounce his name. That's how I will be pronouncing his name shortly. And uh, for Bournemouth, I have gone for Solanke. So interestingly enough there, Stu, that's exactly the score I was going to go for in this game. And I was like, ah, I feel I feel like I should just uh, pick a side. So I went with uh, Wickham Wanderers 1, AFC Bournemouth 0. Uh, I also went with Ik Piazu. Or Ik Pizu, whichever way you want to call it. Uh, Paul, what have you got for us on this one? Sadly, I think this is where the Wickham Championship dream dies and fizzles out. Wickham nil, Bournemouth two. Wowzer. Goal scorers? Um, Whenever we discuss Bournemouth, I always have to go for Dan Juma. And I'll go for Junior Stanislas. That's a name I haven't heard for a long time. Hmm. Okay. Seeing as he's in the room, we have to give him a game. So uh, our third and final game to predict is the newly minted Hull City going up against Wigan Athletic. Uh, Same old, same old. I've already gone in on this one. Uh, There might be a pattern forming here. Um, But... As it's Stu's team, he gets to pick last. So, Paul, what you got? Now, from talking to him before we started recording, I know that Hugh, uh, Hugh Stew is uh, a little apprehensive about this because, as he said, obviously they like to... Uh, like to blow their chance at winning the league so I'm assuming she was gone for at best a draw probably a defeat however I feel that this is a bit of a grudge match revenge game from last season's for one of a better phrase embarrassing 8-0 whipping by Wigan and I reckon the Hull boys are going to come out strong and they're going to Rubber stamp that title with a 4-0 win. My um, word. Can, can, can I just check that you've not been smoking anything before we started, right? Can I check you? Only, only the hopium of the masses. The hopium. Oh, my word. <laughs> Where did you pull that one from? Now, this is where I have to uh, pull some names from 
the deepest depths. Wait, wait for Ali. Two, two goals for. No, no. Four different goal scorers. A hat Ooh. trick yes. for. There's gonna be a there's gonna be a goal for everyone's favourite diagonal scarred lad, Keen Lewis Potter. There'll also be a goal for Malik Wilkes. I don't think he gets many, but I'm going to put one down for George Honeyman. And didn't even realise he was on your books, but stick me down for Richard Smallwood to get a goal. He's ex-Borough. Well, this is a different Richard Smallwood, which I'd be very surprised if it is. You don't hear that name often. Okay, four goal scorers in the book. Um, I also have faith in the uh, the Hull City boys to uh, put Wigan Athletic to the sword. I didn't want to go crazy. I'm not. I'm not going to pick four nil. Uh, just sorry. Can I, can I just put out that, that not only not only is Richard Smallwood ex Borough, he's apparently Hull's captain. Went on to greener pastures then. No, yeah. I mean, granted, that's Wikipedia, so it could be all oh, bullshit. I, I think what Paul's saying is that he uh, he just updated that before showing us that on the YouTube. <laughs> Sorry, we did. Um, I've gone one nil to Hull. I've gone with McGuinness. Shout out to the uh, pursuit of happiness with the <laughs> with the player choice. Um, Stu, for me, for me personally, I, I, as we talked about uh, just before we came on air, I have been witness to many a many a good season in the uh, in the Hull City sporting calendar, uh, but it's always been a drawn out affair. Um, this season seems to be the season where they're doing things differently. So, despite Paul's lack of faith. Of my faith in my own team. If they're doing it differently, why not stick them down for a win? Um, but unfortunately, Mr. Cook, you have also stolen my uh, scoreline thunder. So I've also gone for one nil. But I've gone for Malik Wilkes to score the uh, the goal. Okie dokie. Oh, I mean, that was said with a perfect Hull accent as well, so... Uh. <laughs> right then, Andrew. Money, so, please. We'll do, Stu's, we'll do Stu's first. Okay. So Stu had Luton to win 2-1 at 17-2, a Wickham-Bournemouth draw at 13-2, and a Hull 1-0 win at 6-1, giving him a treble of 497... Point seven five <laughs> to one. Point seven five three two seven eight is the uh, schedule. Yes. <laughs> if that comes in, we're absolutely going back to Springwell. <laughs> in a limo. <laughs> uh, you went one Did you also go Wickham one? Wickham one. Bournemouth one. 
to Wickham. Oh, no, Wickham. Yeah. Oh, my. Uh, so, Andy has gone with a Middlesbrough 1-0 win at 13-2. to A Wickham 1-0 win at 14-1. to Uh-oh. And a whole 1-0 win at 6-1. to Giving Andrew a treble of 786.5 to 1. So that's the limo and the uh, oh. drinks tab for the afternoon, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's the limo and something we probably can't say on the podcast. It's cocaine, Paul. It's all right. It's cocaine. And I was going the other way. I thought Paul might fall asleep. So it's... <laughs> that's for a different time, man. That's for a different time. <laughs> oh, Matt, right. I can already see man's going to be astronomical because I've just seen the odds for my 3-3 draw... So, you got to break a thousand now. Uh, I'd, I'll be amazed if it's not. <laughs> Come on. I've got extra large boxes. Are you getting into the realms of put 50p on just in case? That's what I do anyway. Oh my <laughs> word. <laughs> Right, so we thought Andy's bet was was nice. Steep. We'd pay for a, a nice little cheeky limo ride to Springwell with, you know... Well, I'd pay for the, the limo ride. Stu's would pay for the, the, sort of the refreshments both there as we're... Well, on the ride, as we're enjoying ourselves and the ride back. Um, I think this one might pay for an instalment into the brewery. So I've got... A 3-3 draw, Luton Middlesbrough at 66-1. to A Bournemouth 2-0 win at 6-1. to And a Hull 4-0 win at 28-1. to Giving me a treble. Of 13,600 to 1. Oh. I mean... You're absolutely. You've got to be smashing podcast records here with the highest odds you've ever that, had. That, that that that's... that could be the highest ever. I mean, I don't even need. I mean, normally I'd stick fifty p on it. I'm tempted to just stick five p on that because even that, what would that give me? So a five p stick would still give me a return of six hundred and eighty quid. Bollocks! I'll stick a fifty p on it. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> bollocks! I'll stick a tenner on it. Is the <laughs> for forty five pence difference and the thousands of pounds that went we out. It's worth a daft fifty p. Absolutely, so. I'll give you the money myself. Six thousand, just just shy of seven grand coming my way if it comes in. So, so that's the news. The prediction what well, the news the reviews and the predictions taken care of only two segments left um at this point in time i'll happily offer offer it over to stew if you've got anything lined up there stew i hadn't i'd uh, I, I got so caught up in the uh the promotion Excitement. glory that um i had completely forgotten um about the fact that I might need to beat Paul this week, but you know, two two week two weeks running is. Uh... Then I'm sorry, Paul. It's going to be me asking you a question, and you know, you know some of my favourites. Um, so 
our our second to last segment in the uh, in the Riverside Roundup podcast is a section that we've stolen the title of, uh, and that segment is called "Beat the Jock." The way it works is that uh, Paul's head is full, some would say overflowing, with football knowledge. Uh, the 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 crazier the better in a lot of ways. Um, the 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 stuff that man knows. It, it's probably never going to be needed, but hey, look, we we attempt to find out if he has all the knowledge. So it's the way it works is it's one question, one answer, and it's a it's a win if he gets it right with that one answer. Otherwise, it's considered a defeat or a a, a beat the jock. Um, Stu, you are more than welcome to uh, play along, um, but I'm afraid, Paul, it's your personal favourite. Who am I? Are you ready? Then I shall begin. I have played in the Conference League 2, League 1, Championship Premier League, the UEFA Cup, Champions League, and the World Cup. Who am I? (laughs) That chuckle, ladies and gentlemen, is the sign that he knows the answer. And now he's going to give you a reason why he knows the answer he read it in a magazine this morning no this this one i think is one that comes up quite a lot on like quiz sites or Boo. trivia sites and stuff like that. does the stew want to hazard a guess um i mean until you got to world cup i, I might have suggested one of one of my own but um I don't know. Um, I'm. Hmm. I'd, I'd be. Te- I'd be tempted by by Jamie Vardy. Is 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 that? That's the first name that sprung to mind. On on the basis that I I know that he came from non-league, so um, I know that he's. Obviously, then gone on to play internationally, and obviously he's still currently a Premier League footballer. The gap in between, however, I'm not so sure of, but I, I, I will hazard a guess at Jamie Vardy. So I think I think he is. Potential? No, no, I don't think he is. So he's a good shout, but I don't think he ever actually played in League One or League Two. So I think when he signed for Leicester, Leicester signed him from the conference. So wow. when he played for Fleetwood, he never actually... They weren't in the league at the time that he played for him. So I don't think he counts. Um, but I believe... I believe the answer is an Irishman. And I believe his name is Steve Finnan. Your beliefs 
are correct in this case. I don't know the I don't know the non-league team that he played for, but I think Fulham are definitely in there. Liverpool are definitely in there. And then I'm out. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, I have failed in my duty of attempting to take down the titan of football knowledge, Mr. Paul Knows All the Football Knowledge Williams. Yeah, for the for the YouTube watchers, here's his, here's his Wikipedia page. Look at it all. It says there that he played in the Intertoto Cup. I didn't realise he played for Newcastle. <laughs> I've seriously oh. never heard of that competition apart from when their name is mentioned. So, so we'll just go through his clubs. Hang on. <laughs> if he's played in that many leagues, we could be here until next week's podcast if you're going to go through his clubs. <laughs> so he had his conference spell with Welling United. He then played in the first division for Birmingham, Ful- Birmingham and Fulham. He played in the second division for the second and third division for Notts County. The second, first, and Premier Division for Fulham, Premier League for Fulham, La Liga for Espanyol, and finally he wrapped up his career at Portsmouth in the Premier League in 2009, 2010. So there you go. I couldn't do it. Um, I'm going to have to, uh, at some point, resort to uh, getting you to name some of the smallest football stadiums in the world. But I, it's firmly on the back burner until I've exhausted this uh, this particular site that I've landed on. A hundred uh, difficult football quiz questions. Apparently not difficult for everybody, though. Just, you know, other other... <laughs> Other humans, actual humans. So, gentlemen, that brings us to our final segment of the podcast. And that final segment is any other business. Stu, anything from you? I mean, I, I, I could quite happily mention the promotion again, but uh, I think we covered that. So. <laughs> I was going to say, on behalf of, uh, of um, the, uh, the number one podcast for... Uh, for the for the for the area of uh, of of the football, uh, welcome back, sir, uh, to you and in fact your team, Paul. Any other business? No, not really. I suppose obviously we'll uh, we'll see how uh, how Hull get on at the weekend, and if um, if they've wrapped it up, we'll we'll get you back on again next week if you're free. If they haven't, if they haven't got it, if they haven't wrapped it up, we'll have to get you back on next week anyway, just to see if you're shitting it for the last game of the season. <laughs> if put it put it this way, the the last the last game I believe is away at Charlton. So if they don't do it this week, then uh, yeah, I think I think that's pretty much it. Blown to be honest. I, I mean, it's it's saying something when you're the team that's literally top of the league. Therefore, the best team in the league, and you're worried about being any other team in the league. I've, I've, unfortunately, as we, as we've discussed, I have seen this too many times before. If I'm, I'm trying to think, there was one season where we'd got promoted, and 
the very next game was away at a Midlands team that I went to with uh, Joe, who, who Paul knows. And it wasn't Burton and it wasn't Wolves. And it was somebody who was sponsored by Sutton Beers. And I, 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 the, the team name has been escaping me the whole time. And again, they were promoted the week before we went to the game. Went to the game thinking, excellent, this is going to be awesome. And I'm pretty sure half the squad turned up pissed. Because they got absolutely, like, they were just played off the park. And I've, I've just seen it, I've just seen it too many times where... What about Walsall? There we go. Um, I've, I've seen it too many times, unfortunately, which is why I'm so sceptical. But, um, you know, if like I said before, if they're going to do it differently this year, if they win one at the weekend, then, uh, then, then fair play to them. Obviously, if Wilkes scores the goal, I'll be even happier because then uh, I'll, have, I'll have scored another point. But we'll find out next week. Points, points, points. Right, gentlemen, thank you very much for uh, joining me and taking these lovely people through the uh, murky sometimes world of, of football. And uh, until next week, I'll, uh, I'll let you both go back to your uh, respective wilds. Thank you very much. Thank Bye. You. So there you go. What do you think to that? Another one done. Big uh, congrats to Stu and Hull for the promotion. Uh, wondering if we'll see a little bit more of Stu on the football podcast. If you check us out on YouTube, then you got the opportunity to see our beautiful faces. Also gives you the opportunity to subscribe, which would be amazing if you could. If you're just listening along, that's also uh, that's also perfectly fine. But if you could subscribe wherever you get in your podcasts, that would also be amazing. So there we go. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Bye bye.